I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, listeners. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. Galileo, 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 Nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Sparing his life from this monstrosity. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Yes, no, yes, no. We will not let you go. Yes, no, yes, no. We will not let you go. Yes, no, yes, no. We will not let you go. Let me go. We will not let you go. Let me go. Never, 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 never let me go. No, 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 no. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, big a rope. Yeah, has a devil put aside for me. For me, for me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Too Young for This Hit, the podcast where I, Tyler Thornton, also known as the leader of the Jacksonville Catcult, watch this movie I have never seen before with a friend who likes and or loves it. Today's guest is Arjuna Gonzalez, our first returning guest. Hey. How are you doing, Arjuna? I'm doing fine. Awesome. Uh, great to be back. Cool, cool. So, um, you have any projects you've been working on lately? I know you haven't released Toilet Cast yet, or at least you may have when this comes out. It'll be like two months from now. As of this recording, um, yeah, I haven't put out too much lately. Um, I do, well, I'm, I've been doing some like 3D modeling work to just sort of up my skill set there so I can make environments for Fox from the level editor. Toilet Cast. And I contributed a map to The Joy of Mapping 6, which is like a Doom community project where everybody involved got together and made a Doom map in three days. And that's as chaotic as it might sound. So I've been watching live streams of my map and like responding to the feedback on that. So um, that's going. I think it's in a pretty good state right now that I can, you know, feel good about. So that's cool. Yep, and that's definitely going to be up on the archives, and I can send you a link to it uh, by the time this gets out. Yeah. So to play that, do you have to purchase Doom? It's a Doom Two mod. I think you might have to buy it. It's, it's like five bucks on Steam. Yeah. I think there is like a public domain like file that you can use with GZ Doom and play uh, Doom levels for free. I don't know that it's fully compatible with Free Doom, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely want to play it with Doom too, because it's that's really what it was intended for. Yeah. Before getting into our movie discussion, uh, so while I was watching this movie, I kept getting distracted. Because Evan from uh, Thoughts Gas kept texting me and <laughs> let you know what he was talking about. Oh, good. Awesome. Let me pull up these texts real quick. So, let's see. Also, there's like an off-mic blooper here that I've just realized. I'm drinking coffee out of a generic coffee mug when I really should be, for this episode, drinking out of the toilet-shaped coffee mug. But <laughs> you really oh, well. should. I really should. I mean, we could cut it in the middle of this and like I could come back with one, but let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, the listeners at home can just imagine you drinking. Yes, imagine. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll I'll put it in the thumbnail so everyone can imagine even harder. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so this is what Evan had to text me. Someone he's friends with on Facebook posted this picture, and he texted me. Okay. So off topic, 
but my friend on Facebook just got back from this event, and I guess it's good that she wants to help people, but she just shared this. And it's an image, and it says... At Passion 2019, students raised $400,000 to translate the Bible for deaf people across the world. To translate Bible for deaf people? Yeah, so to translate the Bible so deaf people can read it. Just think about that for a minute. <laughs> uh, I think I've seen worse crowdfunding campaigns, but I have to pack <laughs> my brain for that. <laughs> yeah, but like, wh what does that even mean? Like, how deaf people can read? <laughs> yes, they can! <laughs> I mean, maybe not all of them, but... Most, I, I imagine many of them can. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 my brain broke. Uh, <laughs> did they not know the difference between deaf and blind? Yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of stupid people with money out there. How do you think... Toilet cast. ...exists, and you can just edit in whatever you want in there. <laughs> yeah. So this is what Evan went on to say. He said... They're fuck deaf. I don't know what he meant there, but he said... They're fuck deaf! In all caps. <laughs> fuck deaf. They're fuck deaf. And then he said... Um, how do you translate to deaf? Their eyes still work. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck so, deaf like a band that would uh, <laughs> show up in the movie that we're going to introduce, but we can get to that in a sec. Yeah, so just keep in mind, this was in the back of my mind the entire time I was watching this, so I was a little bit distracted, like, thinking, like, how do you translate books to deaf people? <laughs> it uh, seems like the uh, medium designed for deaf people. Yes. So. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> So hey, listeners, if we're if I'm being insensitive and this is actually a legitimate concern, let me know. Like if there's like, if this makes sense to you, if you just happen to be like an expert, and I don't even know what field to call this, but dealing with deaf people, um, let me know. Yeah, for sure. So all right, what movie did we watch today? I mean, I I know that's a weird question. I need to figure out how to word that better, but well. Yeah. <laughs> to do it justice, I have to do it justice. I have to get this intro right. So <clears throat> we're watching Wayne's World, Wayne's World, Party Time, excellent. Extreme close-up that works way better when there's a screen and not a podcast. <laughs> Just move the mic back and forth, like away from you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> beautiful audio, beautiful. So yeah, we watched Wayne's World, which is a movie that I thought I had seen more of it than I had. Um, I've definitely seen bits and pieces of it, like just randomly flipping through the channels on like Comedy Central or something. But mm -hmm. I thought I'd seen most of it, but I had just seen like kind of the very end. Like, yeah, I, I'll explain when we start breaking it down where I, what parts I've seen. But yeah. Yeah. I think lots of people have seen at least a little bit of this movie just because it's so popular and like it just so tapped into the cultural zeitgeist of the early 90s and like where the culture has gone ever since then. It's just been in the background noise. But yeah. And actually, um, my my high school I went to is in uh, the county is Wayne County. So the high school is Wayne County High School. And um I remember one of our yearbooks, I meant to break it out, but I forgot to. Uh, it is, like, themed Wayne's World. 
So, <laughs> I was going to break that out, flip through it a bit, and see if there was anything funny to bring up. I forgot to. So. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess this would be a good place to maybe do what I think the movie is. I know it's a spinoff from Saturday Night Live. I know that. I've never seen any of the um, uh, sketches from Saturday Night Live, though. Have you? I uh, So before watching this movie, I watched the trailer for it, and I watched like one or two of the old SNL sketches. So I had like an idea of what I was walking into, but not a really fleshed out one. All right. So here's my prediction before having watched it. So, a man named Wayne, played by Mike Myers, and his friend Garth have a local public broadcast show where they talk about music and stuff. They get an offer to do something bigger, but end up not liking working for the man. They take down the man by singing Bohemian Rhapsody in a car. Also, Wayne has a girlfriend who plays bass in a band. Her band probably gets big or something and makes him feel inadequate. Other than the Bohemian Rhapsody part, which is like absolutely timeless with a timeless song uh that's not too far from what actually goes down (laughs) knowing now that i have only seen the end of the movie it makes a lot more sense that that was my prediction because i was like at the beginning like i i thought they had been dating for like a long time and it like they start Mm -hmm. dating in the movie so yeah Mm -hmm. also bohemian rhapsody happens at the very beginning (laughs) yep So, uh, when's the last time you saw it before today? I have not seen it before. Um, Like, so, uh, I am an old man. I was born in the mid-80s. So, I remember the early 90s when this movie came out. I was, like, six, seven years old. And so, for me, it was, like, you know, between, like, the ages of six and 11, this is going to sound like a bit of a rant, but I'm going to come back to this. Between the ages of 6 and 11, you know, you kind of get your first definition of cool from the teenager kids, sort of, or at least that was how it was for me. And so I've gone back and, like, played Wolfenstein 3D and Street Fighter 2 and watched a whole bunch of Beavis and Butthead, but I never got the chance to watch Wayne's World before. And now, oh boy, am I glad I did. Um, So this has always been, like, a movie that I knew was, like, cool and something I wanted to get a chance to check out. Um, But never got the opportunity to. Okay, so this was your first time watching it, too? Yep. Swing! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Too Young for This Hit, the podcast where I, Tyler Thornton, also known as the leader of the Jacksonville Cackle, watch this movie I have never seen before with a friend who likes and or loves it. 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 Swing! Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) All right. So that means most of these questions aren't valid. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, why did I pick this film? Sure. I think, yeah, like, um, I think the big thing was, like, I was going to suggest um, Leila Majnu, which is like a Bollywood movie from the 70s because I thought I was going to make a video game adaptation of it, but that happened for reasons. But So I was like back to the drawing board, and I watched the trailer for Wayne's World, and Dana Carvey's character says, If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. And I'm like, that is my sense of humor. We are going to record an episode of this. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. Um, That's why you picked it. Did it hold up? Who knows? Uh... Yeah, we could still ask, what do you like best about it? So I guess that's probably the sense of humor. 
<laughs> yeah, like I was cracking up throughout pretty much the whole thing. Um, I, I watched it really late at night, so I and like on the second watching, I do see some. I, I did like a very quick second watch just before I started recording. Like I kind of feel like in parts it maybe not maybe doesn't hold up as much as it does at two in the morning, but <laughs> I do wonder if like is this. Is this actually better than Smokey and the Bandit? Which was one of my favorite movies of all time, and like, it, it might be. Just kind of cool. But yeah, the sense of humor, the writing, the like pop culture references, some of which actually are, I think, so dated from like the 60s and earlier that you basically had to be a Gen Xer to maybe get some of them. Like, for a millennial and younger audience, it's like some things might go over your head. Like, there's this scene where they reenact the intro to Laverne and Shirley, which was a show that was about contemporaneous with Happy Days. Hey! I don't think a lot of younger audiences have seen that show, for example. I totally didn't even catch that. <laughs> I stumbled across the intro to that show when somebody referenced it in like a college lecture or something in 2011, I think. So like, if I hadn't watched one YouTube clip seven years ago, I wouldn't have gotten the joke. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch the intro to Laverne and Shirley right now. Right. It, yeah. It, 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 that joke is a lot funnier if you've seen the intro, for sure. But in some ways it hasn't aged well, but in other cases it's but it's still really, really good. Yeah, I, I watched it on um, like Amazon Video, whatever their like streaming service thing is where you rent movies. And um, it like gives you a bunch of facts like anytime you move the mouse. And so every time I moved the mouse, it was like, this scene references this. And it was like Star Wars and Star Trek constantly. Yep. So um, this is just a random aside. I have a box of uh, Jelly Belly Bean Boozled Jelly Beans in front of me. And so they have jelly beans that they have like a good flavor and a bad flavor. And they look oh, so the same. So it's like the uh, every flavor beans in Harry Potter? Yeah. So um, I'm probably going to be eating them randomly while we're talking and... Yeah, so if you hear me, like, dying, that's what happened. Like, they have two new flavors in this one. They've got dead fish, lovely, nice. and spoiled milk. <laughs> yeah, so classic taste. I've only eaten one so far, and it could have been toothpaste or berry blue, and it was definitely toothpaste. So, like, I've got, like, this blue bean sitting to the side, because if I get a really bad one, I'm thinking, like, the toothpaste will, like, cancel it out. <laughs> That is smart jelly bean strategy. Yes. Yeah. So I'll let you know as I eat some if like what I what I think I just ate. So <laughs> awesome. Cool. Excuse me. I, I, I'm gonna try not to say awesome and instead say excellent. <laughs> so yeah, you want to go ahead and start with our recap? Yeah. So. Um, do, 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 do. I didn't quite take a note on every single scene at the beginning of the movie, but yeah, like, so Rob Lowe's character, I, I only know him as like the speech writer on the West Wing, but like he's watching TV with his girlfriend late at night in Chicago and they turn on Wayne's World, which is a public cable access show. And let's see here. So you've never seen Parks and Rec? Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. He's in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Okay. I was just checking. You're like, I mean, I knew he was an actor before Parks and Rec, but that's probably really the first time i saw things with him in it regularly yeah. so yeah i think i've like watched one or two full episodes of parks and rec so i mainly know it as the speechwriter guy on west wing but yeah so on wayne's world they're doing a segment where 
what's what's it exactly called? Wayne's World Amazing Discovery. Awesome Amazing Discoveries, that's it. So they bring in this guy with like a ridiculous vacuum cleaner contraption called the suck cut. <laughs> uh which almost sounds obscene, but then anyway, yeah, it like it looks like it should be something bad, like suck, cut. Like it's kind of hard not to say a c word in there that you're, yeah. Be careful with those last three letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Garth is uh, the guinea pig in this uh, segment, and so the guy like turns on the suck cut, which sucks and cuts. Uh, so it, like, starts cutting his hair as it's sucking it off of his head, and Garth is, like, overacting, and, like, going, get it off, man, it's sucking <laughs> well to live! <laughs> Once he pulls it off, it doesn't look like it cut anything to me. It looks like it was mostly sucking, but they were definitely, like, cutting sound effects while it was going on, so. Yep, and then Wayne calms him down, saying, you're in a forest with Heather Locklear, and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's all the time they have come back later for Wade's world and then no 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 I think maybe it goes on from there or whatever but like Rob like Lo, Benjamin that's the character's name Benjamin yeah. pulls uh, his one of his underlings at the advertising agency he works for and says hey can you get on channel 10 and record these guys and so um, that's going to pick up in the plot later and I need to flip through my notes for GTA San Andreas <laughs> by the way listeners uh, by the time this is out you'll probably hear about my episode of one day one week one month where I'm playing GTA San Andreas anyway yeah we we'll are probably be releasing your one month by this time yeah, probably, it should be about yeah. a month when this comes out yeah so then I think um, yeah we're back over at like Wayne's parents house where like I having not seen most of this movie I didn't realize that I guess the best way to describe it is they're making a movie about themselves, sort of. I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's sort of like a documentary because they're, like, talking to the camera. It's not so much breaking the fourth wall because there isn't a whole lot of a fourth wall throughout the movie, or at least they just sort of get rid of it at the beginning. It's almost like the cameraman in this movie is his own character by the end of it. Yeah, but it seems like there's only three people that can see the camera. Well, Wayne, Garth, and, like, there's one or two other characters who, like, manage to sort of force themselves into the gaze of the cameraman. But we'll get to them later. So, yeah, Wayne gives them some background, and then the Murphmobile pulls up. <laughs> it's a small blue car with flames. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so they go for a drive, and uh, Wayne pops in Bohemian Rhapsody, and we have one of the best scenes in the movie where they sing along to that awesome song by Queen. And I got to admit, I was headbanging at the I point was where too. They were up. <laughs> yep. I was headbanging. I was singing. Yeah. And this is such like an iconic scene. I didn't expect it to be the opening credits. Right. Yeah. Like, if you don't headbang to this song, you either have, like, a neck injury, and I'm sorry, or you have no soul. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw on, like, Amazon's pop-up trivia facts that apparently both uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey had neck injuries from filming that scene. And you can see, like, later scenes. I didn't notice this, but this is what Amazon told me. Um, you can see them purposely trying not to move their neck a lot because they were so 
in so much pain. Ouch. And actually, um, there's a there is a movie coming out about like the creation of Bohemian Rhapsody if, or like the record deal that went on with Queen when that happened, and it stars Mike Myers. And I haven't seen that oh. yet. You? No, I haven't. I didn't know Mike Myers was in it. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yep, huh. he did like a whole segment with. Um, he had like an appearance on Stephen Colbert on the Late Show um, about it, and yeah, I I, I want to go see it for sure. Um, and then they pull over at the music store and they introduce Excalibur, which is like a 65 Fender Stratocaster. I didn't get the year. Yeah, it's either a 65, 64, something in that range. The pre-corporate buyout, like, there's like a later scene where they give like the full rundown, like everything you could possibly want to know about this guitar. But, um, yeah, Wayne turns to the camera and says, it will be mine. Oh, yes, <laughs> it will be mine. Um, so, yeah, as they're driving, um, you see, like, random ads and stuff, and there's this one thing that is just, like, a spike with, like, six cars on top of it. And I don't know what that yeah. could be an ad for. It was it was real weird. Maybe think of, like, Mad Max or something. Like, not something that would be in a Chicago suburb, which I don't know if we mentioned. Uh, this movie takes place mostly in Aurora, Illinois, which is a yep. suburb of Chicago. Yeah. I guess maybe, like, the car spike is just sort of more of, like, establishing the sense of place that goes with the movie. Like, it's Midwest, probably a whole bunch of car factories and car companies based out there. And, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. They introduced their friend Phil, who is, like, his whole job in the movie seems to be that he's constantly on the edge of puking and he repairs their car. At one point, we meet Officer Kaharski, who we learned did cavity searches of, like, 12 people for drugs. <laughs> Searched them inside and out. Searched them inside and out. And I guess this was a little funnier before the TSA, but it's still kind of funny, yeah. So we go into the donut shop. And that's where uh, Al Bundy is the manager. Um, yeah. I don't know the actor's yeah. name. I wrote it down somewhere, but... Yeah, the yeah. actor who played Al Bundy in Married with Children, and I guess if you're younger, you know him from Modern Family. Yeah, the character's name is Glenn anyway, and he is one of the people who manages to get to talk to the camera, and he says some interesting things. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, in this scene, there's a lot of like really small, weird things that I'm just like, why'd they mention this? And then they like come back later in the film, which I thought was pretty funny. So yeah, Glenn's like talking about how he killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Why is it if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic. Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder. Hello. And then Wayne comes in like, Hey man, only I get to talk to the camera or only Garth and I get to talk to the camera. And it pans over to Garth. He's like, ah, I don't have much to say right now. <laughs> But yeah, and then we introduce uh, Dream Woman, who I don't I don't think she's ever named in the movie, is she? No, she's just called Dream Woman, as far <laughs> as I, I know. Yeah. yeah, I think she's only named Dream Woman even once, but she's Garth's mm -hmm. love interest, and we'll see her, like, a few more times in the movie. Um, yeah, do they ever talk? I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think they do at all. Uh, and then we see Stacy, who's like Wayne's psycho ex-girlfriend, um, who buys him a gun rack for some reason. Do you know anything about the reason that he got a gun rack? I, I, I did, that never, that made about as much sense to me as it did to Wayne. I don't... Yeah, so the story behind that is, um, 
I, this is one of those Amazon pop-up things. It's the only reason I know this. Good. So apparently it's based on something that actually happened to Mike Myers. His um, ex-girlfriend, like, they broke up because, like, he was too into comedy or something. And then she was trying to get back with him. So she bought him, like, some absurd gift that made no sense. And that was the joke. And he was supposed to think it was funny, and he didn't. That's why they put that in the movie? Yeah. I don't know if it was actually a gun rack or what, but... Yeah. Yeah. If it's ever head, I'm not going to be impressed. What was this line? If it... I just remember hearing that and laughing a lot at it. Yeah, but. yeah, he said, like, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be disgusted or something like that. If it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. So then they go to the gas works, which is this metal bar. Do I just have a different definition of metal, or do we not hear a lot of heavy metal for our uh, movie from the early 90s? It seems to be a lot of, like, well, I mean, I guess Led Zeppelin is, and Hendrix are kind of like the very earliest sort of proto-metal. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't really think of Jimi Hendrix as metal. Oh, so I don't know if you caught this, but another Amazon fact. I totally <laughs> wouldn't have recognized Meatloaf, but uh, Meatloaf was the security guard Wayne talks to before they get into Gasworks. His name was Tiny. Oh, man. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I, I remember the guy. I remember that scene. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized Meatloaf either. Yeah, so huh. this is the second movie I've watched on this podcast with meatloaf <laughs> excellent yeah so that made me look up like what movies has meatloaf been in like can i make a podcast that's just watching every movie meatloaf has been in and you probably could he's been in a lot of movies yeah like as his first movie he was in was in 1962 he played boy in stands and then his most recent movie was nice. in 2014 wishing and hopping i think it's hoping but it, it looks like hopping um, <laughs> I wonder what you'd call that podcast, Too Meatloaf for this hit? <laughs> I don't know. I was actually talking to Evan. I was like, should I make a meatloaf segment where we like look for meatloaf in films? And he suggested calling it like Meatloafing About, I think. <laughs> That's better. That's better. Uh, yeah, his suggestions were Loafing About, Meatloafing Around, or Get a Loaf of This. I like Get a Loaf of This, actually. Like, that sounds like that could be a podcast. <laughs> and it has a nice overlap with Wayne's world in a way. Like, the get a loaf of this camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you know, keep your eyes peeled. There might be a get a loaf of this podcast coming out on the uh, We Can Make This Work Probably feed. We'll see. Excellent. All right, so we're at the Gasworks. We are at the Gasworks. Like, there's two parallel plot lines going on between Wayne and Garth. Like, Wayne goes in there and he sees the bassist uh, playing in, what is it, Crucial Flaw? Crucial Taunt. Crucial Taunt is the name of the band. Um, he looks at her and Dreamweaver plays and she's a babe. Schwing! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, should we explain what schwing is for people who haven't seen the movie? Uh, well, if you speak Beavis <laughs> and Butthead, uh, the translation is boing. <laughs> uh, it's a dick joke, basically, because it is the early 90s, and dick jokes are a thing that happen all the time, and schwing! Yeah, so like, she finishes her set, and she goes back to the bar, and he kind of starts talking to her and uh i think uh, <laughs> i just ate a dog food one <laughs> sorry <Okay. laughs> i mean like that's a pretty good timing for the sound effect he's kind of he kind of <laughs> up a little bit um anyway uh so 
he's going to go to this other show that she's performing so they can talk afterwards or whatever. And Garth, like, tries to move around in the bar, tries to get past some dude in the bar, and... He just, like, launches him. <laughs> he just yeah, he picks him up him. and throws him. And then cue the Mission Impossible theme, dun, because dun, 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 this is dun, Wayne's dun, World. Dun, dun, I feel like we're going to be saying that a lot, because this is Wayne's dun, World. Um, dun, so he hooks up a cattle prod with a whole bunch of Duracell batteries, which are conspicuously placed because product placement, and they don't bow down to corporate sponsors. Yeah, and, like, before this, like, during the Bohemian Rhapsody scene, there were so many product placements, like, billboards for, like, um, I remember White Castle specifically. I don't remember anything else. Definitely. Um, so, and then he goes back to the bar, and he straight up, like, pokes him with the cattle prod and then launches <laughs> it back and, like, knocks over a whole bunch of chairs and tables and stuff, and he's, like, he's like John Wayne with a, or some, any kind of Western protagonist with a Pistol and yep, and then like no one gets arrested. Nobody gets <laughs> like arrested. he could have killed that guy, right? Yeah, or like given him a somewhere like a regular heartbeat or whatever. But nope. Yeah, or just like straight up stopped his heart right there. Yep, because this is Wayne's world. Swing. My notes say uh, Benjamin has a real Gordon Gecko slash Mitt Romney vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about benjamin's pants which are almost like mc hammer parachute pants at times yeah like i was this movie came out in 92 right 92 yeah. 93 something like that so i was like two or three and so i were those a thing like were those normal pants like they come up like to his belly button if not higher and then yeah they're like parachute pants and also khakis man like Six or seven year olds don't pay a whole lot of attention to adult fashion either, but <laughs> uh, like from like what do I remember of grown ups and the pants they wore? I don't think it was. I'm I'm thinking like what oh no that was yeah okay so yeah I guess it's like just sort of leftovers from MC Hammer because I think in another MC Hammer video that isn't can't touch this it's too legit to quit like. His backup dancers, they're also wearing, like, parachute pants. So, I i don't know. I guess it's just sort of a statement about, like, uh, Benjamin and the circles he runs in that they're, like, two or three years behind the times. But it's, like, super subtle. And so you only notice it if you're paying close attention or if you are actually watching this in 1992. Well, he actually says near the end of the movie, I'm trying to think how to walk around this without spoiling it yet, but uh, near the end of the movie, he actually mentions, he's like, you can get pretty far with like all this, this, that, and he specifically mentions, and the right clothes. So he thinks he looks good, and I think he's supposed to look good. So these must have been like a thing. I don't know. Do you know when Wayne's World came out specifically in 1992? Because maybe they were filming a good chunk of this in 91 when this still would have uh, been, let's see, like, a little bit more of the fashion. Febru uh, February 14th, 1992. I don't know when filming took place, but yeah. And wow, Wayne's World 2 came out the next year. That was a fast turnaround time. Okay, anyways, <laughs> yes, back to Wayne's race. World 1. Yes, marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can probably say more about that than I can, but anyway... Uh... <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, my, my wife doesn't listen to this, so I'm probably pretty safe, but... Doesn't listen to it now. We don't know about one from now. 
<laughs> I don't know if anyone she knows listens to it, so we'll we'll just play it safe. But right. Yeah, so uh, Wayne sees Cassandra's band play, and he like instantly falls in love with her because she's a total babe and schwung. And yeah, they end up talking, and she invites him to her loft to like see her band play a show. And her loft is huge. It is huge. Um, the next thing I have written down is kids no dick, and I can't fully remember the context for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I guess I got the scene order mixed up a little bit. I thought the next scene was when they were getting their car fixed. But, yeah, there is a scene where Benjamin and Russell, who's his kind of sidekick, and Noah Vanderhoff, who's like this arcade tycoon who is kind of who's one of the two main villains of the story, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know if he's really a villain. I feel like, you know, he's not trying to do anything bad other than operate yeah. a business. But Yeah. He he's the corporate sponsor, which is yeah. kind of which gets a lot of uh ribbing or like poked fun at a lot. But anyway, um I think it's like Ben and Russell are trying to talk up Wayne's World to the guy so they can get him to sponsor it. And Russell says, This is the kind of thing kids can relate to. They love this. Or or, like, they'll get the jokes or something. And then uh, Noah says, kids don't know dick. And I see them lining up in my arcade. They're like, what is it, lab rats lining up for food pellets or something like yeah. that. So that's the context. Benjamin is this, like, super slick, I, yeah, I said Gecko, Gordon Gecko, Mitt Romney-type businessman who manages to, like, smooth talk him into uh, sponsoring the show. And so then uh, Ben and Russell go over to, like, first the cable access place and then over to Wayne and Garf's house and then... They meet up at Daddio's, which is this, like, tacky Hawaiian-themed restaurant, and Benjamin has, like, two checks for $5,000 each to, like, buy the rights to the show so they can uh, basically do whatever they want. And, like, Wayne sort of pretends to read the contract. Um, While Garth is under the table talking to the camera about an episode of uh, The Twilight Zone. (laughs) Yes. Remember that time... Yeah, do you remember the exact thing? I I think I've got it, but I don't. Yeah, I think it's like remember that episode of the Twilight Zone where the guy signs a contract uh, and they take out his tongue and then they do something and it spawns a whole bunch of little tongues. Yeah, it was weird. I should get back up on the table and this and end this conversation that Wayne and Benjamin totally haven't heard because this is Wayne's world. Swing. So uh, apparently that's not a real episode of the Twilight Zone. Whoa. Uh, it should have been. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it should have been. Maybe it can be a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah, so Wayne is pretending to read the contract, just saying, like, random bits as he skims, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. So then he just agrees to it, and they sign it, and they each get $5,000, so they just sold their show for $10,000. Did you do the math to, like, figure out what in 2019 dollars that would be? I mean, inflation hasn't been that big since the 90s, but... Uh, no, I can do that real quick if you want to keep talking about the movie i'll look it up uh yeah so like i mean even uh in modern day dollars that's still like not a whole lot of money well it, it could be depending on your situation anyway uh so they go to cassandra's loft she's there wayne uh sees her again and dreamweaver plays again and i don't think he says swing but the swing is implied and benjamin uh sees her too and he swings <laughs> well it's kind of a fake swing because Benjamin is kind of a fake person throughout the movie, and he's he's kind of like swing, and I'm going to 
uh, sign her and exploit her like I exploit everybody. Mm-hmm. So I have an answer for our inflation question. Uh, $5,000 sure. in 1991 is essentially $10,000 today. Almost doubles. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sign over something as cool as Wayne's World to a, a corporation for $10,000 if I were behind it. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they didn't really have anything else going on. They didn't really have, like, jobs that paid much, so maybe. Maybe. Like, we never learn what the rest of, like, the terms are. Like, are they getting paid a salary after that, or are they just working? Right. Yeah. I don't have, like, a lot of the scenes in that particular, like, loft concert uh, part of the movie, they're, like... Kind of descriptive of what's going on, but they're all sort of like, just sort of here is the context and here's how we move some stuff with the characters forward. I didn't really find anything particularly memorable in there. Did you? Um, no, not really. Um, I don't know. There's like so many references in this in this movie that it's kind of hard to keep track of them. So uh, uh, the only reference I really remembered was she, Stacy, is in range and we're being pulled in by her tractor beam. <laughs> One of those Star Wars references. Whoa. Oh, Star Trek, because I watched too much of it as a kid. <laughs> but yeah, I actually, the next, my next note is, um, oh yeah, when uh, Wayne and Cassandra are talking uh, up oh. on the roof. Yeah, that's the next things I have too. So. Right. Uh, first, like, how does Wayne know that Cantonese is Cassandra's native language? Did they ever, does that no, ever get they established? Don't. <laughs> well, I was wondering that too. I was like, is this racist? <laughs> but I think that's the point. Because I actually uh, looked up the actress's uh, name and stuff, and she's actually Hawaiian. Like, basically, it seems like Wayne just picked up a book on tape or whatever of the first, like, Asian language that he could find and started working his way through it, which actually fits the character very well. Yeah, so he basically learns Cantonese overnight. Right. And like anyone. he's, like, more or less fluent in it. Very fluent. In fact, they have such a complex and, like, complicated conversation up on the wo- on the roof that the subtitles can't keep up, which is definitely still funny on second watch. Yeah. <laughs> the part of that scene that I thought was really funny is, so his ex-girlfriend, the crazy one, Stacy, is in the background... Um, pretending to, like, date this other guy, uh, which she got that from, like, Garth's advice. Like, Garth was legitimately telling her to date someone else, and so I think she took it as pretend to date someone else to get Wayne back. So that's happening in the background, and I don't really know what led to this, but they just, like, fall through a window and, like, land, like, a, a floor down on a couch. Yeah, I think she was, like, so shocked at Wayne getting... Cassandra's number or like the relationship progressing to like phone calls and stuff that like she was she falls through the I, I, I can't quite remember that scene but I think that's how it worked yeah I know they land on the couch next to Phil the guy who's trying not to vomit all the time right and so then we end up on the top of the Murph mobile and like Wayne and Garf are parked I guess outside of o- Chicago O'Hare Airport or like some airport somewhere and they're just waiting for the planes to fly overhead so they can go <laughs> Garth has quite a line in there where he says did you ever find Bugs Bunny a trip well okay why don't I just back up a second <laughs> uh, Wayne is talking about how much of a babe Cassandra is and like they sort of trade I guess babe jokes or babe wordplay back and forth and that's mm-hmm. 
the line, if she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> if she were a podcast, she'd be too babe for this babe. Whoa. <laughs> uh, babe for this hit? Too babe for this hit? Sure. Yeah. Too, yeah. There we go. Anyway, out of nowhere, Garf says, did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress and played a girl bunny? And Wayne's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then... Yeah, like, I think there, it would be really, really weird if, like, somebody tried to do a modern redo of Wayne's World. Like, for one thing, Wayne's World would probably be a podcast or, like, a live stream or something. Uh, I think it could be a YouTube show, because, like, actually, like, I see so, so many similarities between Wayne's World and Good Mythical Morning. I know of Good Mythical Morning. I've maybe seen, like, half of an episode. Well, I don't, there's, like, a lot of, similarities to me uh one link from good mythical morning looks a lot like garth if he had like a blonde wig on and i think they're like maybe that's in my head because there might be an episode where he has a blonde wig on like maybe like a halloween episode or something but another thing is so they started good mythical morning in their actual basement oh right yeah before like moving to uh california and like doing it in a studio and making it look like their basement <laughs> <laughs> okay then i imagine garth would have like a huge furry tumbler or something somewhere and <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think garth is a furry <laughs> well he asked the question about bugs bunny oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because uh, that would be a thing that you could do in 2019 and not 1992 um yeah so uh, there's another star trek reference in that scene like right when it starts oh, yeah. up they're like on the hoods of the car staring at the stars and garth is whistling the theme to star trek Mm-hmm. yep and i remember when i watched this the first time i'm like Wait, this came out in 92. Like, Star Trek The Next Generation had been around for, like, I think it was his sixth season or something. How come they aren't referencing that? And they will later on. But, <laughs> yeah. And he says he wants to boldly go where no man has gone before, but he'll probably just stay in Aurora. <laughs> I keep, I'm trying to do the Garf voice, and it turns into, like, generic 90s dude voice. But I, I will, I will keep making the effort. That sounds pretty close to me. Okay, cool. So. The next note I have is about Garth's dog. I don't know if you have anything before then. Uh, I do have something a little bit before then, like on only on the second watch. I didn't. I did not see on the first watch the toilet next to Garth's bed, <laughs> which like, is in my wheelhouse, whether I like it or not. <laughs> but <laughs> just toilets in places that don't make sense. But anyway, and yes, I love the. 80s hair and like little bracelets on Lizzie, which is yeah, yeah. yep. Oh, the so dog they has go... a name. I didn't even catch it. Oh yeah, her name is Lizzie. Yeah, so it's a it's a collie with hair that looks exactly like Garth's, and she's got little like black leather bracelets with spikes on her front paws. So <laughs> I'm looking up Garth's bedroom toilet because I did not see that. It's there for like only a few seconds, but I yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing's coming up i'm disappointed <laughs> well you can go back and see it later but yeah um so they go out and play hockey in the middle of the road and so like garf tells wayne that he thinks benjamin is up to no good and wayne agrees and it's like he's trying to make everybody make a, everybody like us or like make us something into something that everybody will like yeah 
And there's a line here that I, I actually really appreciate. Led Zeppelin didn't write tunes that everyone liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah, I, I can respect that as a guy who makes levels for a game from 1993. Anyway, um, it's not for everyone. It's still Doom. And Doom is the Led Zeppelin of video games in many ways. Um, <laughs> can you name three? What? Can you name three ways? Uh, super popular and... Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> so we never find out what Garf was trying to do with... Oh, yeah, we never find out what Garf was trying to do with that arm. Yeah, so Garth is like... It looks like he's building a robot for some reason. Yeah, I, I guess this is some like 50s, 60s science sci-fi movie that like just wasn't popular enough for us to still know about it 20 years later. Yeah, so I randomly, another one of those Amazon pop-ups, this is not Good. sponsored by Amazon, but um, <laughs> maybe I paused it around then uh, to like rewatch it and see if it made sense, but this was intended Garth is designing a robot to kill Benjamin. <laughs> that was their intentions. So, like, supposedly, um, you can see, like, for a brief, like, moment, the hand actually moves towards Benjamin. Like, it's going to grab him. Like, just, like, very subtly. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I, I, I don't know. I almost wish the movie kind of went in that direction. Just, like, the idea of a robot chasing after him. <laughs> and, this movie could have gone in a lot of places that would have been equally excellent, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So is Garth supposed to be smart? Like, or uh, he just he's just building a robot? But then again, uh, Wayne also like learned another language overnight. So I guess this is like they're sort of directing the movie, so they can just make themselves however they want to at any moment. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, because this is Wayne's world. Schwing! does help with a lot of things in this movie. And, I mean, Garth, yeah, he seems incredibly dumb in some places, and then when he's not coming up with a crazy complicated plan involving satellites. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so then we come back to the music store, and we see Excalibur. Schwing, schwing, schwing. I'm getting up and, like, kneeling in front of the microphone. <laughs> Both... Wayne and Cassandra are drooling over it, and Wayne picks up one of the nearby guitars and plays the How May I Help You riff. May I help you? Yeah. Which is a thing, because this is Wayne's world. Swing! And uh, Fabio walks in. I, that was just like my initial impression. Like, he looks like Fabio the model from the Yeah, I, I checked. I like, because you can, like, uh, Amazon again. Uh, you can, like, move the mouse around and you see, like, who's in the scene, and it's not Fabio. But I was like, is that Fabio? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He asks to see the guitar, and he starts playing Stairway to Heaven, and they have a sign, no stairway. And I think, like, way back in the day, I remember, like, that specific scene was the only part of Wayne's World that I think I had actually gone out and watched before. So I knew about the stairway, stairway denied joke. <laughs> So, fun fact, those, like, I don't know if you noticed, but it doesn't sound like he's playing Stairway, at least in the version I watched of it, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm not that much of a Led Zeppelin fan, so I didn't know, but okay, cool. Yeah, so there's, like, a legal dispute at the time, and I guess it's still going on, or I don't know, but over the first six notes of Stairway to Heaven, I don't know if, uh... 
like the claim is that Led Zeppelin stole them for from somewhere, like six notes. Um, but yeah, so in the theatrical release, it was the first six notes to Stairway to Heaven, but in everything after, it's just something different. It's just like a random song, they like six notes they threw in. So, yeah. So the Stairway really was denied. <laughs> <laughs> I guess part of the joke is like every, like Tom, Dick, and Harry comes in and tries to play some. Thing that they think is like Stairway to Heaven, but they're bad guitarists, and so it isn't. So, yeah. And spoilers uh, for my Lovecraft wad, but um, level five is going to be a mall. So I think now I have to add a music store and put like no stairway <laughs> in there. <Yeah. laughs> we'll see. It's nice. it's still up in the air. Anyway, so do you have any, anything from else from the music store? I mean, there's like this awesome drum solo. Uh, the Garf plays and like effects that go with it. But yeah, and apparently that was actually uh, Dana Carvey like playing, which is pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. So that's all I got there. Um, yeah. So then we get to the scene where Benjamin comes in and like talks to them, like tells them, guys, you have to sponsor this. This is how the way it is. And then Wayne says, well, I. I will not bow down to any corporate sponsor. And he opens up the Pizza Hut box. And it's like joke after joke about how, and again, this is kind of like how things have changed since then. Gen X was all like Gen X. And like a lot of people in the early nineties were all about, we don't want to sell out. We want to stay authentic, whatever that means in as capitalist a society as the U S wasn't is back then, or is it was back then. And, um, I mean, the only thing I really have to add to that is, like, if Audible.com or Dollar Shave Club or any of, like, the other companies that tend to sponsor podcasts are listening to this, like, we here at the We we Can Make This Work Probably Network, we don't bow down to any corporate sponsors either. (laughs) Except, of course, for Nicolas Cage's Flowing Man Mane. Got hair? Now you can with Nicolas Cage's Flowing Man Mane. Get 20% off with the promo code T-P-P-T-P-P-W-P-M-M-Y-4-T-H-B-A-B-E-C-O-D-E-S-C-H-W-I-N-G today. <laughs> so I know that was Tornal Power Pod at first. What else did you add in there? <laughs> uh, M-M for Man Main, uh, Y-4-T-H, uh, Young for This Hit. <laughs> and then babe code, babe code, babe and code. then swing, swing. Yeah. So if you here's a good time to plug a network podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I think I can get the name right. It's uh, Portal Power presents. What's the first T after that? Portal Power presents the power playthrough. The I'm gonna the bring power up just, just to make sure. podcast. With troidal power? I think that's right. <laughs> I don't know why Troy made it so hard. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, just search your podcast app for We Can Make This Work, and you'll see a really long name with a lots of T's and P's and a W, and listen to it. It's uh, some Let's Play podcasting, like playing video games, you know, like Daniel K does. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at the acronym here. I think it's like Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthrough uh, TP with Troidal Power. And then there's a D on the end. But there's a D? There's probably... There's a D on the end. That doesn't um, seem right. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, Kids don't know dick. Reference. Kids don't know dick. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, there'll be a link, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, show notes. And yeah, definitely check Troy out. He's awesome. Um, so, um, um, so yeah, about those ads, like, I wonder if this is the first time, like, someone's, like, done that in a movie, like, poke fun at advertising like that. Cause it's the earliest film I've seen it, but it reminds me of how, like, Will Ferrell does, like, um, in Talladega Nights and in Semi Pro, he did, like, all of those, um, ads for, like, I remember a Red Spice one. Old, Old Spice. Red Spice? <laughs> Old Spice. Yeah. I think there's one for, like, Big Red. I'm Ricky Bobby. If you don't chew Big Red, then f you. I have seen embarrassingly few Will Ferrell movies. Um, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, depends on your taste. I don't know. I like Will Ferrell mostly, but I like him too. Um, but I have not seen a lot of his movies, so I don't really know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. But like, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Talladega Nights, there's like, I it might have been during the credits. Um, he's just like doing a lot of ad reads, and he's just like, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah. awesome it's like the um, best part of the movie <laughs> cool so then we're back at the donut shop and uh wayne and cassandra and garth and the gang are hanging out and i think like dream woman shows up again and garth is all sort of hesitant about going over to talk to her and cassandra says like why don't you just go talk to her and then they do the trans they do the this is a character's fantasy thing. <laughs> and uh, Garth goes over to the jukebox and plays Foxy Lady and starts dancing over to her and gyrate. He swings. Yeah. Again, it's implied swing. Lots of implied swings. Um, is it implied if it's he's just straight up humping the air? <laughs> he's just straight up humping the air. So it is a swing in all but name. And I, 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 did, yeah, I got a laugh out of that. Um, and then it switches back to the real world and nothing has happened uh wayne's like well i guess like uh, garth said like when he like thinks about talking to her he feels like he's gonna hurl and wayne's like well i think you should hurl <laughs> if you blow chunks and she comes back she's yours if you spew and she bolts it was never meant to go so i think that's funny because <laughs> i have a relatable story okay so I remember, like, I don't know, like, years ago when I was first, like, started college, um, my friend was over, and I, like, got real drunk and threw up in the bed, and she just left. Like, I could have died, oh. but she just left. I, I woke up in the bed <laughs> the next day and vomit. It was great. And then my wife, um, <laughs> I don't know, like, we were out drinking for, I think, her birthday, possibly, and I got really drunk and threw up in an uber not inside of the uber but like on our way home like we were constantly pulling over like making the uber driver pull over and i felt really bad <laughs> and i married her so she stayed awesome excellent excellent yeah um do i have any barf stories with girls i don't think i do I have the best barf stories. <laughs> the best barf stories. Uh, if, <laughs> if I remember anything, I will bring it up. But I don't think I have any barf stories. Is there okay. a barf-flavored jelly bean in here? I feel like there should be. There's moldy cheese, stinky socks, and dead fish. Um, if you ate the three of them together, you'd probably puke. <laughs> Canned dog food was pretty bad. All right, this seems like a good point to like eat one and see how bad it is. 
<laughs> okay, I think this one could possibly be dead fish. It's weird that it's dead fish and not like rotting fish. Right. I will stick around if you puke. That is, that is pod- <laughs> podcaster love, oh, man. There is a barf one. It could be barf or peach. Oh no, I have to do it now. All right, and I yes, ate the yes, blue yes, ones, yes, yes. so I don't have a good chaser, and I'm out of water. Ugh. Oh uh, boy! All right, here it goes. Here we go. It's not peach, but it doesn't taste that bad. Maybe it takes a while to rev up. Yeah, I don't know. It could. Hmm. Okay, it tastes bad, but it's not like dog food. I wanted to spit that out instantly. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so I'm pretty sure this yep. is barf, but not that bad. Oh, there's more beans in here. No, oh, no blue ones, though. I was hoping I had something to wash it out with. I got a green uh, one that could be lime or lawn clippings. Both of those sound refreshing. Yeah, lawn clippings, I mean, you could do worse. It was lime. All right. That was anticlimactic. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's, like, a scene where Benjamin buys Wayne and Garth uh, tickets to an Alice Cooper concert in Milwaukee as he's like showing them around his fancy apartment and oh yeah and, like I think we didn't cover that like Benjamin signed uh Cassandra's band for a music video so that's like why she's there and she's been roped into the plot and mm-hmm. yeah and also I don't know if we ever said that uh Cassandra and Wayne are dating oh yeah they are dating was there a scene before this where they're at Cassandra's place or is that after Oh, the one with the gratuitous sex scene in the caption? Yes. <laughs> because this is Wayne's World. Swing! Yep. Uh, I think that was before the thing where they meet with Benjamin. Okay, so yeah. But yeah. That, that happened. <laughs> that happens. It's it, it, it's funny. Everything that Wayne does in that scene is annoying. Like when she's on the phone with her drummer, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wayne is in whitey tidies and they're like pulled up his ass like a thong so you're just looking at mike myers ass yeah and he's just trying to be funny while she's on the phone to annoy her and she's laughing and it's not funny it just it, i would be so annoyed if that was happening to me yeah same here don't get any ideas mike myers <laughs> so um i just do you, is there anything else you want to cover in the apartment scene like there's a whole segment in that where garth um takes the car, the cameraman around Benjamin's apartment and like sort of shows he's got like this, these creepy pickup artist books. And I don't know. I don't know why they make a big deal out of the fact that he has ripped condoms, but that, that is a thing. Yeah. I guess it just, it seems like it'd be funnier to be like Magnum, but I don't know if Magnum was a thing and like the 90, 91, 92, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. I guess it didn't, that part didn't age well, whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, I thought that scene was pretty funny just because it's weird that he would just have those books sitting out. Like, that seems like that would be, like, awful for, like, getting women. You bring them over and they just see you have these books on how to get women. Exactly. But he also finds, like, yeah, he finds the notebook where he's, like, plan to screw over these people with their public broad access show. And Garth <laughs> is like, oh, I feel bad for those people. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's the kind the kind of villain who, like, this is his point in the movie where he has to telegraph his evil plan. Yeah, and that's a, another example of how Garth is sometimes brilliant and other times completely dumb. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah, that's all I got there. Next, uh, I have them going to the Alice Cooper concert. Right, and they pass. So, Laverne and Shirley, uh, for the list... Oh, wait, actually, one more thing about the apartment. Uh... Cassandra says something about champagne and Ben corrects her about how like 
champagne is only champagne if it's from France, otherwise it's sparkling white wine. And then Wayne is trying to sound as intelligent as Benjamin because they're sort of competing with each other. And where he says, oh, yeah, it's like Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, it's superior in many ways, but it'll never be as, I think, big or established or whatever. So that answers my question. Why aren't they talking about TN? Anyway, so, yeah, they're driving up to Milwaukee. And so Laverne and Shirley, for the younger listeners here, was a show that was kind of contemporary with Happy Days. Hey! And that's part of what reminded me of it, where, like, there's these two women who work at a brewery in Milwaukee. And so, like, they see the brewery on their way into the city, and it, they just immediately cut to it, and they start reenacting the entire intro to the show. Okay. So, yeah, for someone that wasn't familiar with that opening... I was like, was this established early on that they have this job? Because, like, I know, like, Wayne tells us all about, like, he's got, like, all these hairnets and, like, uniforms for, like, working in, like, fast food, it looked like. And I'm just like, what? What is happening? What? Why is this a thing? Nope. It's just, like, they're totally throwing it over to Laverne and Shirley. Um, And so what they're doing is almost sort of a, like, pre-Family Guy slash Last Week Tonight with John Oliver thing where, like, the plot is going along and then there's some sort of reference to some pop culture and then they just sort of go off on a tangent. But I think it works better than John Oliver, like, the, the more badly put-together Family Guy episodes because it's, like, just relevant enough to the plot that it isn't as jarring. I found it really confusing, but then I just, like, went with it. I was like, well, I mean, he did tell them to take the day off, so maybe they they did have some other job. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It also depends on you getting the reference, which the soup movie is aged enough that most people don't. Well, I guess many audiences wouldn't um, get it. But, uh, yeah. so... I don't think Blakey's going to get that reference. Or, yeah, or Daniel K. I don't know that he knows the American TV as well as... Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. yummy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hi, Daniel, if you're listening. Uh, also, hi oh. to Blakey. Yep. Uh, we, we haven't talked about Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hello. We can make this work, probably. Network family and Discord buddies. Yep. And Jessica's there, too. I don't want to leave her off. She was the only one we didn't mention. But, yeah. Right. So. Hi, Jess. Hey. So... And then they, yeah, they have, they go to the Alice Cooper concert, concert. It's awesome. I haven't really listened to a lot of their stuff, but the song that they perform is, is excellent. Um, and they've got backstage passes. So they, um, like, so did you notice that this whole, like at the concert, Garth is wearing his, um, whole gear to electrocute people? No. <laughs> He's got the belt on. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like I didn't see the, the, like cattle prod, but he's got the belt on, so he's like prepared for that shit to happen again. <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me. So, um, slight tangent, but uh, when I first put this in to watch it, um, I had I had turned on my PS3, I went to go get the disc, and I heard something that sounded like talking a little ways ago. I had Brutal Legend, uh, that heavy metal video game yeah. in PS3. Yeah, and so there was, like, Jack Black saying a bunch of lines, and one of them was, come on, man, why aren't we moshing? And I feel <laughs> like if Wayne's World had come out in 2002 instead of 1992, I could totally see a mosh pit scene somewhere and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, they try to beat the crowd uh, with their backstage passes, and they wind up, like, outside by accident, and... uh 
Chris Farley is there and he plays a security. I think it's Chris Farley. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, and he plays a security guard for Frank Sharp, who is this big uh, record executive who's, I guess, like touring the Midwest looking for acts to sign. And he gives like a whole lot of weirdly specific information about Frank Sharp. And uh, of course, because this is Wayne's world, Schwing. Wayne and Garth look into the camera and say, for a security guard, that guy had a lot of information. Whoa. And uh, so then they go backstage with Alice Cooper, and there's this whole funny scene where he, like, recites, like, a bunch of random information about, um, was it was it about Milwaukee? or? It's Chicago? about Milwaukee and, like, its history and the, histor- and the origins of the name of the city. This is the thing they do in the SNL sketches. I guess, like, they, part of the shtick of the show when it was still an SNL sketch was, like, you bring in these popular rocker acts like Alice Cooper or Aerosmith, and they, like, have a little bit of warm-up with, like, hey, man, does anybody party like this, dude? And then, like, they have a serious question, like, what do you think is the future of the Soviet Union after the fall of the Berlin Wall? And then they <laughs> sort of serious, like, something you would hear on a news show or something like that, mm-hmm. and then... Wayne is like, party on, dude! Not even going to try to quote what he says, but apparently Alice Cooper is a big history buff, but he also went into this thinking that uh, I'm going to play music for, you know, the scene before when they're at the concert, and then I'm going to have a single line, and then the day of, they give him this huge script, and he has to (laughs) recite all that information. (laughs) Nice. And then, like, I guess they're talking about it for a little while, and then uh, Wayne, like, Alice Cooper says, hey, hang out with us. And then Wayne and Garth are like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're scum. Uh, we're scum. <laughs> and I actually used um, that clip because um, press E to forget my first person spewster game um, wound up in this uh, indie games expo in New York with Extreme Meat Punks Forever, which uh if you haven't checked out Troy's episode of it uh, as part of the Christmas gift exchange and hopefully his follow-up episodes, you should definitely check it out. Cause, and yeah, cause like I definitely admire that game and the stuff that Heather Robertson is doing with it. So I like tweeted out, Oh man, I'm in the same expo as meat punks. We're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. That's a, sounded like a really cool game. And uh, yeah, you should definitely go check out Troy's, Playthrough, and I'll link to the game as well in the show notes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, it doesn't cost a whole lot, so you should definitely buy it and support the developer. So then we get to the episode of Wayne's World where basically the first sponsored episode with, like, the new set and the fancy sign that comes down and all of that stuff. It says, Noah's Arcade presents Wayne's World. And so Russell hands Wayne a whole bunch of cue cards for the interview segment they're going to do with Vanderhoff. And uh, he asks for a pen so he can make some edits. <laughs> and so, like, they go about this interview where, like, Wayne is just asking a whole bunch of softball, like, really advertising questions about the arcade and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what he's done is he's moving between these cue cards as he's written stuff on the back of it. So Vanderhoff can't see it, but everybody in the audience can with stuff like... This man has no dick, and he—I <laughs> have proof. And sphincter play. <laughs> yeah, he blows goats, and um, they show his wife like laughing too. So I don't know if she was seeing it or she was just laughing along with everyone else. I don't know. We we know from uh, previous scenes that she's not like the sharpest tool in the shed, but 
yeah, who knows what she saw. Then, like, during the commercial break, Noah thinks, like, everything went great. He doesn't know about the cards. But Benjamin is pissed, and him and Wayne get in an argument, and uh, Benjamin fires him. Then Wayne quits. Yeah, Wayne quits, and he kind of throws Garth under the bus, really, because he just sort of leaves Garth there to continue the show. And, like, the guy in the camera room kind of says it best. You know that scene in Scanners where the guy's head explodes, and then it cuts to Garth, like, uh, like his head's going to explode. So then Wayne uh, goes over to Cassandra's place, and he basically suspects that, that she's cheating on Wayne with Benjamin because he has you know, money and connections and all of that. And that's not the case. And so he basically ends up sort of breaking up with her. I feel like she probably broke up with him because she's like super offended that she thinks that, you know, that's the only reason he's offering her this, not because she's talented. And Right, it misspoke. It was the other way around, yeah. And so then Wayne walks out of the loft and, like, he walks up to the cameraman and he's going like, you know, it really pisses me off. And the cameraman is about to bail on him. Uh, <laughs> But then he, like, pulls him back, and he's like, hey, man, I'll make it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to dump on you like that. I'll figure something out. And he, like, grins and puts two thumbs up. And this is the turnaround where the hero makes the comeback. <laughs> then they're back at the donut shop. Right. And uh, Wayne makes up with Garth. Like, so Wayne has to come up with a plan uh, to get Cassandra back, beat Rob, whatever that means, win, yada, yada, yada. And so he's like... I, I don't know, but take a look at this. And then they open a door and there's a bunch of like special effects and stunt double people doing <laughs> stuff. He's like, and Garp is like, what are you going to do with that? And then Wayne's like, I don't know, but I always wanted to walk in on a room with people training for like James Bond movie stuff. Yeah. That was like one of the weirdest scenes in the movie. Like just one of the most like, not like, you know, like fourth wall breaking, I guess, but you know, just like not necessarily for the plot that has nothing to do with the story they just threw it in yeah it's the most family guy or john oliver of tangential like what swerves sort of um yeah although really who hasn't wanted to walk open a door to a room with people training to do james bond stunts i think i'd be terrified if i like was in a donut shop and opened a door and there's just like all these like swat teams training outside it's like what is happening here what did you do? Maybe I'm just a weird video game guy. Anyway, and then we cut to Glenn, who's talking about if you stab a man in the heart in the dead of winter, steam comes out of his chest. For some <laughs> reason, he starts turning into solid snake. Um, at least the way I'm voicing him. And he's like, the Indians thought it was spirits escaping their bodies. And so, like, while he's talking about that, Garth has, like, created, like, it looked like a caterpillar and then, like, a man out of jelly donuts. And he's just stabbing the man. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but back to Glenn for a second. First, I almost want to see like a spin-off TV show about Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that comes to mind is like actually now that I say it in that voice and stuff, doesn't it sound like I don't know if you played the original Metal Gear Solid, but that almost does sound like something Solid Snake would say in some weird context. But I I played a little bit of it, but I never got too far because I played it like back when they re-released it on like PS. And Xbox 360 and all that. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I I got solid snake vibes from him. <laughs> anyway, so Garf hatches this ridiculous scheme where he's going to hack into a top secret military satellite in geosynchronous orbit over the Midwest, and he's going to bounce the signals around a whole bunch of different places <laughs> and feed it directly into Frank Sharp's limo because Garf can totally do that because this is Wayne's world. Swing. Yep. 
I mean, we had to, like, stretch the limits of logic and reality a little bit for Smokey and the Bandit, but it was just, like, you can't truck beer 900 miles in refrigeration and have a key. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Wayne's like, like all of it will work perfectly as long as he's watching TV at that exact moment. Right. So, yep. of course he is. Of course he is. And then... I think the music video shoot comes up next. Is that right? Um, I'm not sure if it jumps to the music video shoot or you have the part where Wayne's like driving erratically to get there. I think, yeah, the driving stuff is there okay. before then. Because there, right. uh, in the driving scene, there's a Terminator 2 reference that I didn't get. I just happened to see like Amazon pop up and tell me that it was a Terminator 2 reference because I haven't seen Terminator 2. But, um, yeah, do you remember that scene? I have seen Terminator 2, and, and like, now I get it as a Terminator 2 reference, because the, the yeah, the Terminator bot in that movie is a cop, or, like, he, he picks up the form of a cop. Yeah, and, and so that's actually the same actor who played um, the T-1000 in that movie, so. But, like, and, yeah, the guy, like, pulls out a photo, have you seen this boy, and I didn't. I had no idea that was supposed to be John Connor. Yeah, I don't know if they used the same, like, image from that movie or what but yeah so wayne just gets like pulled over and you're like oh it's because he was driving like a madman but <laughs> nope the cop just makes a terminator 2 reference and ask if he's seen this boy and then he just drives off <laughs> man like i i guess yeah you could have like if you had like watched wayne's world right after terminator 2 i guess that would make sense but like how would you put that together i don't know it was such a random scene like, it's, like, exactly like the Laverne and Shirley scene. Because, um, yeah, I totally I, missed that, too. And the Laverne and Shirley one went on for a lot longer. Yeah, it's like you have to have these pop culture references, like, at your fingertips when you walk into this movie. But Which, if you watch it through Amazon, not a sponsor, you can have exactly that. <laughs> right, yep. If okay. you want to take, you know, like, three hours to watch, uh, like, an hour and a half long movie, you can get every <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so they get to the music video shoot, and it, it's like they know filming this that this is supposed to be the scene where Wayne gives some sort of speech and he wins Cassandra back. And so they parody it over and over and over and over. Even like that that part where Wayne like dips his hand in the water and like splashes it over his face, and he completes this speech, and he's like, "And the worst part is I never learned to read." Well, flip <laughs> is down there at the bottom, and basically it doesn't work and so he's walking back and it's like oh but we know there's no film in this camera and then the, he opens it and the film starts falling out and um, it like falls out for like minutes <laughs> for minutes yeah and cassandra is like wayne go home and basically benjamin sort of creeps up behind her oh and uh cassandra for this music video is like wearing a snake on top of a bikini for the shoot yeah. um and but the snake is falling asleep or something or it's super heavy so benjamin is holding the snake but the snake wakes back up and it starts sort of crawling across her shoulder and then says something about wayne after he's left and cassandra says is that the snake or you swing and so it's a implied swing oh yes it's an implied swing yeah um a snake swing anyway i'm pretty sure uh, it was supposed to be him swing. yeah it was supposed to yeah. be him uh so she leaves and don't think there's anything between that and when they get back to, Oh no, 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 no. There's a scene where, um, 
Garth and the other uh, Wayne's World crew members are like heading over to the public cable station, right? And I think they need to get some equipment. Is that right? Or I don't remember that. I just remember basically they're back in his basement. Well, okay. There's a scene where like they need to reposition the satellite or something. So they're over at the cable station. And then when they get out of there, uh, Russell catches them and he's pointing a flashlight at them and everybody reacts to it. Like he's pointing a gun Mm -hmm. or something. And so like Garf walks up to it and he's like, it's okay, man. It's all right. I mean, you know, we don't like Ben, right? Nobody likes Ben. If he were an ice cream, he'd be pralines and dick. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just grabs the flashlight and takes the batteries out of it. And there's, and they're saved. Yeah. Um, And then Russell's on their side now. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, they get back to the original Wayne's world set and record a very special Wayne's world episode, which is like specifically for Frank Sharp. And they give him their address for him to pull up. So like the concert happens. Oh, and um, Benjamin is like chasing after them after all of this. And he gets pulled over by officer Kowarski, the (laughs) cop who does cavity searches. So, and because he's on their side and he was like in on this plan when it was hashed back at the donut shop, pulls him over and he gives him a cavity search. Off yeah. screen. <laughs> screen. Off, definitely off screen. Um, so by the time Benjamin like reaches the house and he, uh, pulls up, he's, he's walking funny. He's walking funny. Then, uh, they go into a fake ending. Um, right. And they totally had me. Up until um, Stacy, uh, Wayne's ex-girlfriend, shows up and she's like, I'm pregnant. That's why I've been so moody. And I don't know why, but that was, I was just like, that's too much. But um, what's the first thing they do? The uh, music producer, what was his name? Frank Sharp. Yeah, Frank he's Sharp like, shows hey, up. Yeah. Saw your show in my limo. And while I think you're beautiful, it's just not the right time. Like, I, I kind of caught that it was the fake ending when the house caught on fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, I caught it before then. And then after Frank Sharp, ben, Benjamin shows up and said something. I don't remember what. But, yeah. Then the right. house catches on fire because their equipment, like, malfunctions. And um, Wayne's, like, carrying Garth. And, like, their clothes are just, like, tattered and, like, destroyed. And it, do you remember what they say? I can't. Why, God, Why? And it, like, cuts to Hawaii, I guess, where Benjamin and Cassandra are, like, relaxing, uh, not exactly on the beach, but, like, a little ways in from the beach. Cassandra says, last night was the best night of my life. Swing. And then Ben turns to the camera and says, you didn't think she'd end up with Wayne, did you? And then, like, Wayne and Garth just, they sort of slide out of the side of the frame um, and said, you didn't think we'd end the movie like that, did you? Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, it all works out, and uh, they go up to Benjamin and say, now let's see who you really were. And it turns out it was Old Man Withers, the guy who runs the amusement Uh, park. So this was one of those callbacks (laughs) to uh, the donut shop that I didn't expect to, like, play out in anything, because uh, Garth and the donut shop asks this random old man, he's like, how's the amusement park going, Mr. Withers? And there's, like, two random kids with him. Like, they're not even kids. They're, like, uh, they look similar. They're, like, punks, like, look similar to their crew for the show. 
And he's just like, it's going yeah, great. Like, and he looks really suspicious. <laughs> I, it's totally out of left field. And it's absolutely the formula of most Scooby-Doo episodes. Yeah. Um, and then now let's do the real ending. Yeah, they were like, let's do the mega happy ending. The mega happy ending, yes. So there's three endings to this movie. And so, yeah, uh, everything works out. They all live happily ever after. Cassandra gets signed for the record deal. I guess Wayne and Garth go back to uh, Basement Wayne's world, or they're locked up in a court case over the contract for years and years, or... Well, everyone learns a lesson, including Benjamin. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess they're back to just working it out in their basement, which, how happy of an ending is that? They don't have jobs anymore. I don't know. Maybe they wait eight years and turn it into a podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, they could have definitely been a profitable YouTube channel. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to imagine the Wayne's World website in this universe. It's definitely going to look like the one that's still up for Space Jam. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. It would have become a treasured artifact of internet history, just like the Space Jam website. Do you think there is a Wayne's World website? I mean, there's gotta be, right, dude? Like, I'm going to Google it right now. No, it is available. Oh, I can't find Wayne World. Hmm. Oh, okay. I don't see a Wayne's World website. I'm just seeing stuff related to the movie. If waynesworld.com is available, should we buy it? Let's see. It is... I think you can buy it from GoDaddy for 99 cents. I think. I'm looking it up on Namecheap right now. Yeah, well, I just went to the website and... um, Uh, Make offer. Uh, uh, Oh, well. I mean, waynesworld.global is 1988 per year. That's pretty close. What about waynesworld.co? It's almost calm. Uh, I see make offer. Let's make an offer. (laughs) 99 cents. Are you doing that? No, if you go to their website... Um, I don't see an offer. It just says the domain expired expired at the end of last year and is pending renewal or deletion. So maybe we'll just check back in a couple of days. Yeah. And if I I click make make offer on Namecheap, it says requires an offer of 199 or higher. Yeah, before this episode goes up, we should check to see if we can nab waynesworld.com. Yeah. And if we do... We'll make it redirect to probablyworks.com or do something funny with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll, I'll add something at the end if this all pans out. <laughs> awesome. Uh, ex- no, 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 no. I have to say it like this. Excellent. Um. <laughs> hey, Arjuna. Is there anything you would like to plug? What? My mic sounds different? It's weird. It's not like this end was like a jumbled up mess and I just had to add this in here extra in post to make sense of it yeah no that's crazy just just plug your shit arjuna okay cool so i am at super arjuna but super a-r-j-u-n-a but b-u-t-t on twitter and instagram um i usually post like work in progress screenshots from the different game projects i'm working on uh and i announce things when they're ready to release um Actually, I have a portfolio site that um, 
I'm probably going to be plugging and like trying to promote when this thing goes up. So it's my name, Arjuna Gonzalez, A-R-J-U-N-A-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S dot com. It's, yeah, the portfolio of like every like game or game jam game that's of note that I've been working on since 2016. Yeah, since 2016. Um, I'm looking for work for like level design or programming. I do stuff in Unity, Unreal 4. Uh, sometimes the Doom engine, if that's the thing you're interested in. So you want to pay me money to work on your game, my email's on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got uh, Joy of Mapping 6, the Doom community project coming out. I've got Thoughts from the Level Editor, which is maybe the world's first and best, certainly best, maybe the first, uh, playable podcast. It's like a podcast and a walking simulator at the same time where I model out a 3D world, record a podcast while I'm doing it, cut the podcast up into little clips, and you can play the podcast clips by flushing toilets that are strategically played <laughs> throughout the world. Um, yeah. Um, so, and Thoughts from the Level Editor is also a member of the We Can Make This Work Probably podcast network. I'm a proud member of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we've got a website that will most certainly be functional by the time this releases. Uh, and that's uh, probablyworks.com. Well, probablywork, no S. Sorry, I, I said it wrong. Probablywork.com. Um, yeah, so go there and you can see all of our wonderful podcasts, including ThoughtsCast, Sleepy Time Thoughts, Other Thoughts. That needs to be a podcast, it's not. Uh, Troll Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troll Power, probably correct way to say it um dead podcast society too young for this hit um bill's got another one coming out called like bill's something experience i'm not sure it'll be out by this time (laughs) yeah yep and you'll see my uh episodes of one day one week one month one year for gta san andreas which i'm probably going to record later tonight actually for the one day episode yeah, yep. and um, actually, I don't know if we've told you this, but me and Evan were talking about it, and we're going to spin that off uh, onto its own channel now. So, Cool. Yeah. Cool. Just like everyone's posting on it, so it's taking up like a lot of space on probably works feed, which is just random things. So figure go ahead and make it its own thing. So, mm-hmm. yep. So um, you can follow me on like Instagram and Twitter at Jack's Catcult. Um, yeah. And then the website and you can, you know, tell people you, you like me. That's cool. So, yep. <laughs> and uh, also follow my cock. I mean, my rooster at Aaron Rooster <laughs> on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, my pet rooster, uh, Handsome Harry, he has a Twitter account and he tweets sometimes, hopefully more uh, than he has lately because I, for some reason, can't get into his account. But he will be tweeting regularly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he has issues uh, pecking on a phone, so it takes a oh little yeah, more time. Yeah, basically I have to bring out a keyboard to the chicken coop, and he just sort of pecks the keys and does his thing, and yeah. <laughs> just set up like a dictation type of thing, and um, basically I've got the same relationship going with him that Garth has with Lizzie, so I can usually translate what he's saying. <laughs> um, although sometimes he's like, what's that? Wayne got kidnapped by aliens? Um... You're like, oh no, he's outside. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's all the time we have for our podcast. We hope you found it entertaining, whimsical, and yet relevant, with an underlying revisionist conceit that helped uh, the podcast's emotional attachment. Crap, I did not transcribe this very well. Okay. <laughs> take two. Take two. Definitely well, editing that's... out the first take. Okay. But he really didn't. <laughs> um, well, that's all the time we have for our podcast. We hope you found it entertaining, whimsical, and yet relevant, with an underlying revisionist conceit that belied the podcast's emotional attachment to its subject matter. And I hope you didn't hate it. I, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the line. <laughs> I think it was, like, we hope you didn't think it sucked or something oh, like yeah. that. But yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, what I was going to do for a sign-off was just going to be good night and party on, and then I would, you would say party on Tyler, and I would say party on Arjuna. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, but that line at the end, it's just, like, so good in my book. But, yeah, well, we can do it like that. So, all right. Yeah, listeners, good night and party on. Party on, Tyler. Party on, Arjuna. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. You think you can stop me and spit it by? So you think you can love me and leave me to die? Oh, baby, can't do this to me, baby. Just gotta get out, just gotta get right out of here.